Hello, and welcome to my fellow Bodhisattva podcast. This podcast is centered around the teachings of the Buddha and a reflection of living a beneficial life. My name is Kanjo Groman. Today is episode 10. Today we'll be talking about the Lotus Sutra, chapter 16, the duration of the life of the Tathagata. In the duration of life of the Tathagata, this is a chapter that we chant during our daily services in the morning and the evening as Nichen Shu Buddhists. It represents the essential section of the Lotus Sutra, and as we chant it, as we chant everything, um, we want to have the, a, a good spirit towards our intentional you know, chanting. And traditionally, we chant in Shindoku, which is a Chinese pronunciation of Chinese characters, or Japanese pronunciation of Chinese characters, rather, sorry. So, we're not speaking this in English, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely an English speaker or you understand English. And we do this particularly in the chapters, chapter 16 and chapter 2, to concentrate less on the individual conceptual words and more on the feeling. So we know that, or we're taught, and we understand, and hopefully we experience, that service makes us happy. It was created to make us happy. So if I'm chanting chapter 16, and I'm, I'm thinking of other beings, I'm thinking of my family, I'm thinking of people I don't know, spirits, animals, um, myself included, what am I thinking? What is chapter 16? Well, the duration of the life of the Tathagata, the, that is the lifespan of the Buddha, basically. Tathagata is another, another title for Buddha. So, chanting, 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 years, years, years go by. I'm chanting the lifespan of the Buddha, the lifespan of the Buddha. Now, if I think of the lifespan of the Buddha, uh, though I'm happy, the Buddha, to have a long life, an eternal life, how does that make me happy? What am I thinking there? And I, it's important to know what we're chanting, and it's also important to know what what is the intention. Now, there's lots of different, you could, depending on the priest, depending on the lay person, depending on whoever, different times, different feelings, there's general like accepted ideas what we're thinking of or what we're feeling when we're chanting. There's definitely, depending on the person or whatever, the teaching, generally it's the same. You know, it's the lifespan of the Buddha. It's the essential chapter of the Lotus Sutra. And we have these discussions, and then while we're chanting in Shindoku, we can apply these feelings. So I want to apply, I want to talk about the feelings a, a, little, a little bit today, past the duration of the life. And honestly, there's, I've, I've known a lot of Buddhists, and I know some Buddhists that have never chanted this in English. They're not really, I know some Buddhists who don't really know, even who haven't read the sutra. So if we just rely on this idea of a long lifespan, I think we're missing out a little bit. So I want to go a little, uh, some other aspects. The sutras themselves, the, each chapter, offer quite a bit. So what, past face value, past past certain depth of metaphor, deeper, deeper, deeper. So I'm offering you something, and that it's not the only thing. And the way, obviously, that I convey this information is a little different than someone else, including my teacher and uh, my, fellow, um, my fellow practitioners. So up to this point, all the beings in attendance and, and uh, for the world believe that the Buddha 
was born Siddhartha Gautama and left his kingdom, gave up his, he was a prince, gave up his status and set out for the path to liberation, to save all beings, to save his family, to save himself, to save all beings from suffering. So born, lived, taught, died. This is our, we live, we're born, we die. This is our lifespan as human beings. So in this chapter, now keep in mind that we have a whole canon of teachings behind us at this point. In this chapter, it's revealed that the Buddha is actually an eternal being. That his birth is actually an expedient. And that's, that's where the title comes into play. So the... I heard once that the Buddha was born to India because they're so ornate and descriptive and be like artistically beautiful, and the Buddha thought that that would be a wonderful place to to have the the Dharma start from because there's so much so much metaphor, so much to, so much beauty, you know. So one of the things that whether it has anything to do with India or not, the descriptions of time is what I'm getting at. I love the descriptions of time, the length of time. And this is done quite a bit. So in this case, they're talking about infinite. The Buddha was, has been here for infinite eons prior to this birth as Siddhartha Gautama. So we're human beings. We need, and we also consider demarcations in our life and milestones. We are born and we die. So we really need time to figure things out. So even the idea of infinite eons, we have identify what an eon is, then identify what infinite is, and then identify, of course, what is an infinite eon. So it's put in the terms of 500,000 million billion sumeral worlds. The sumeral world is a very large planet, basically made up of other planets. So take 500,000 million billion of these sumeral worlds and smash them into tiny bits, tiny little grains and then take one particle of that grain and go 500 million eons to the east and deposit one grain, and then continue 500 million eons further until those grains are exhausted. And then it talks about a multiple of that. So what they're just trying to say is that it's eternal. So the Buddha has eternally been here. The Buddha is in everything. So then you, you have to figure, then you have to decide not just what a, what a sutra says, not what just your teacher says or what you believe. Then you have to decide the Buddha. So the Buddha is an infinite, infinite, eternal being. So where does the Buddha reside? The Buddha resides in everything. Not quite what we're talking about today. It also states that the Buddha... The Buddhas are all the other Buddhas, right? They're all temporary manifestations of the original Buddha. So the original Buddha in Japanese, Hombutsu, in, um, widely known as the Dharmakaya. And you'll hear Dharmakaya. I was listening to a, a book on Shintoism, and they talk about the Dharmakaya. So during this time, without going into the idea of the Ten Realms, we know that the title of this podcast, My Fellow Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva, a bodhisattva is one who aids others in their, in their liberation, in their enlightenment. So all of this time, the Buddha is expressing his bodhisattva nature 
how will I cause all sentient beings to become enlightened tirelessly for eons, for infinite time? So, the Buddha in this chapter is now considered to be the original Buddha. And I think at this point, we're really talking about the duration of the life. We're talking about the time. But we are all also creeping into emanations and replicas of the other Buddhas being the Buddha. And I, this really speaks a lot towards interconnectedness. And we can really start to start to think about this idea of happiness and joy. You, we are as individuals are connected to the whole through the interconnectedness. We are part of the Buddha because we are Buddhas. We have Buddha nature. We have Bodhisattva nature. So this is this is happiness. Even if we reflect often on our lower natures, we're spending so many time, so much time being an animal, our animal nature. You know, what are we sowing? What what is our behaviors? Are they Buddha behaviors? You know, if we want to be a Buddha, if we want to shine our Buddha nature and become a Buddha, we have to think and act like a Buddha. So thinking and acting, we we may say something harmful or do something harmful that starts with a thought and a, and a reaction and then we respond in whatever way but that thought is actually can be more harmful than the actual action and it's it's not okay to think horrible thoughts and do good deeds your your spirit is affected by those horrible thoughts and it affects the deeds so we really want to check ourselves and really think eternally like a Buddha, then we connect to the Buddha, the eternal, original Buddha. So that's some happiness there. So we're reminded in this chapter that we're living in a world of endurance. So we're in Mapo, the Saha world. This is a time where the latter age of degeneration, basically we're living in a very difficult world. We're, we're living in the muddy pond. And to use the metaphor, the, the muddy pond produces the beautiful lotus. So we can behave beautifully in this muddy pond. And he's transforming the idea of the need for endurance into the pure land that we live in right now. The endurance, the need for that is actually the illusion. And the realization is that it's actually a pure perfect place and it always is regardless of our mood and regardless actually of what happens now there's subjectivity to action karma and there's always going to be a part of at this point in the conversation where it's well what about this and what about this exception and what about this travesty and what about this disaster of course, that's life. That's these things are. They they exist. That's part of the, that's part of the realization to say this is as it is. It's a really big concept. That simple as it is three word concept is actually infinite. So if we decide to look at our outcome, and also I just want to get back to for a moment all those exceptions. What about this horrible thing? There are people, let's say even who have been imprisoned, that 
maintain their Buddha nature, their, their positivity, even without being identified as Buddha nature, regardless of their circumstance. And these people stand out in history. We can be those people. There's no difference in our minds. It's just how we train ourselves, how we see the world. So every exception has a counter exception. Even if you have a hundred exceptions and you have one counter exception, that's, that's happiness. That's possibility in our lives that we can be this. We can, we can have this level of consciousness. So we leave, we see the world through our human eyes. Our, our desires and our corruption and our hostility and our day-to-day -day fears, our protection of ego. And these are our human aspects and our animal aspects. And, and those become our commodities. That those, are, those are what we practice. Why are, why are these things happening to me? Well, what, am I, what are you practicing? What am I practicing? On my, what, are, what are my thoughts? My thoughts create my actions. So it goes back to like good thoughts or bad thoughts and good deeds. You're still having bad thoughts. It's how you see the world. So we, we take our, our human eyes and transform them into the Buddha's eyes. And we see the world through the Buddha's eyes. This is a big part of this chapter. And we see the pure land, this indestructible land that we live in is a, is a beautiful place. And th this whole conversation is what we keep in our minds along with a, a host of other things that create that happiness. So I'm not just chanting this chapter and feeling the Buddha's been around for a very long time. It's, 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 it's got to be more than that. To, see, to chant this chapter and realize that the subjectivity of, of maybe some problems Maybe I'm having a problem and I sit down at the altar to, to have service, knowing that service will make me feel better. And knowing that that feeling better is because I'm having service for others and finding that joy in others. And I may, I may let's say I sit down and I have service and I, I'm angry. Because I know that I can be angry at service. I know that, that the... Odaimoku, or in the Lotus Sutra, the Odaimoku being the sacred title of the Lotus Sutra, we can absorb that feeling. And then let's say I get up from that service and I'm still angry, I'm still having these troubles. Well, I can't, it would be a mistake to say, well, service doesn't work, I'm not happy. The, the magic didn't happen. The magic is in being, the magic is in trying. You're failing. I'm failing. Oh, I'm still angry. I, I must be doing it wrong. Trying. Trying. There's happiness in trying. We're going to fail. I'm going to fail until I wake up to the realization that I'm a Buddha. One of the one one idea I really like, the idea that you will fail everything you try until you become enlightened. Your your quest for enlightenment will be a failure until you, the day you become enlightened. Well, that's a, a super obvious. So you can have that day in front of the altar and not come away feeling really happy. And then you go to the next day 
and then the next day, and then the morning, and then the evening, and then you miss a day, and then you do it again. This is an accumulative. It's not a light switch. As we chant chapter 16, as we read the sutra and we discuss it in groups or we think about it as individuals, this, this is a, a, a happy chapter, not, bec not only because we can celebrate the eternity of the Buddha, not, only, not just because we have this wonderful chapter, every word is precious, that we, can, we have the ability to read this, but we can, we can use that chapter to understand everything around us is perfect. So it helps us establish absolute peace within ourselves and our society. So chapter 16 is, it's, it's worth a lot of study. It's, a, it's worth a lot more study than I'm doing. If you're chanting chapter 16 or you're interested in the Lotus Sutra, research a little, find a teacher, find a Sangha, um, as you chant, continue to ask yourself, why? What am I saying? Why? How is this making me happy? Even if you know and you feel it, discuss it with others. Thank you so much for joining me today in our discussion of Chapter 16 of the Lotus Sutra, The Duration of the Life of the Tathagata. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other podcast, please email me at myfellowbodhisattva at gmail.com. If you are in the Buffalo Niagara region of Western New York and care to join our Sangha in practice, you can also email me for information for location and times. So we have a Sangha in Buffalo and we have a Sangha in Lewiston, which is um, outside of Niagara Falls. And we also, those are on Sunday. And then on Monday evenings, we have Dharma Club, which is a discussion on Buddhism and incorporating the Dharma into one's daily living. Thank you so much for listening and see you soon.